What a wondrous day it is. I look outside, I see the azure blue sky. I look outside, I see colors swathed in hope, in beauty, in glory, in splendor. You are listening to Professor David Block. And I'd like to welcome each one of our precious jewels, our listeners, onto our regular weekly slot, Looking Up with Professor David Block. And I suppose that today being Youth Day is just so special for me, because when I gaze outside the studio windows at Cliff Central, and I see the awesomeness of the yellows and the browns and the blues, somehow uh, these colors are impregnated with uh, perhaps colors of a rainbow, each one of us being unique, different, irreplaceable, and yet each one of us serving a common goal, reaching for a common perspective. There are multitudes of ways of reaching me here in studio today. Uh, there's obviously the phone line, which is 0861-555-189. That's 0861-555-189. Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. Facebook Cliff Central and WeChat uh, Cliff Central. If you want to reach me, I'm at Starry Galaxy Man. So if you want to tweet the professor directly, you can just copy the handle at Starry Galaxy Man. And my webpage is www.davidblock, one word, D-A-V-I-D-B-L-O-C-K dot C-O dot Z-A. Well, I join you today with uh, Duncan on my right, our incredible sound engineer, audio engineer, audio expert, and uh, it's just awesome to have Duncan on board. And we will be focusing today on this glorious azure blue, with these glorious azure blue skies outside. We will be concentrating today on uh, a momentous day in our history. A momentous time in our history. Uh, a time when I was just, I guess, just in the 20 years, 22 years old, born in 1954. So that would take me to 1976. Our special guest today on this uh, Cliff Central Global Stream is Genevieve Savory. Genevieve, a hearty welcome to you, Thank you at so cliffcentral.com. It's simply super having you with us. Um, without uh, going into too much detail, Genevieve, how old are you? Um, I will be 21 this year. Okay, good. Well, I think that's just awesome. I think, <laughs> you know, uh, 21, one's got one's whole life history uh, painted in front of one. But uh, 
Let me just tell you just a little bit about Genevieve before we jump into questions. And again, please feel free to tweet us, to Facebook us, to WeChat us at Cliff Central or to dial in at 0861-555-189. So Genevieve uh, Savory is a third-year student at my university, at Wits University, and she's currently studying uh, law and uh, international relations at Wits University, which I think is awesome. Uh, she's also served on the Johannesburg Junior Council uh, at her school, St. Teresa's in Rosebank. She was deputy head girl, which I think is just awesome. And also, she serves on our SRC, which is the Students' Representative Council at the University of the Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. So, uh, let's just kick off um, Genevieve with the following. Wits, in its advertising logos, uh, says something like this. Wits gives you the cutting edge. Wits gives you the cutting edge. So, I'd like you to tell me, to tell all our listeners, uh, what is, you know, we're looking at Youth Day today. You're 21, clearly very much in that wonderful phase of so much youth, so much energy, and so much vitality. What is life like at uh, the university uh, who gives you the cutting edge. Over to you, Genevieve. Well, I really love it. And it's difficult to kind of uh, establish a comparison to other universities because obviously I, I've never gone to another university. But mm-hmm. it's uh, a campus I've always wanted to go to. Um, obviously, being on the Joburg Junior Council, we used to have our meetings there yes. every fortnight. And mm-hmm. I love the campus. Mm-hmm. And what do you like about it the most? Um, well, I'm, I spend a lot of time because I'm doing law and international relations. I'm on both sides of campus and it's, it's very picturesque and especially in the evenings, it's very calm. It's got the mm-hmm. most beautiful mm-hmm. views of Joburg sunsets mm-hmm. and, um, just what, the people there. What, uh, goes through your neuro, neurophysiological processes? What goes through your brain when you walk, for example, past the Great Hall in the twilight hour. I mean, I have have my own thoughts about that. I've done that many times. But what is it? There is, there's a vibe there, right? Definitely. It's, well, first of all, I think about the fact that hopefully that's going to be me next year, graduating on those steps. Yeah, wonderful. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, it, it really resonates with you mm-hmm. um, in terms of it being one of those singular beauties in the city and also the fact that it it stirs in you a bit of pride for your university i Mm -hmm. mean i don't i don't go out too much in terms of the party scene Mm -hmm. and the nightlife but being at wits in the evening seeing the great hall Mm -hmm. it's it's something special and you realize that it's a very special establishment Mm -hmm. just looking at it and you remember the people who have passed through the hall and um just the great Are there minds. any who've really inspired you? And, you know, I mean, there are multitudes of people, of course, including former President Mandela, oh, yes. who come from the university. But I suppose you're just thinking with a wide swath of the pen. But are there, you know, 
for example, particular woman graduates you'd like to single out or male graduates or people, you know, wow, they've walked these steps too. Um, I think especially studying law, the person that I really consider especially in that regard is Tuli Madoncella. Yes. I think about she her. She is amazing, isn't she? And, and just her convictions mm. in a position of public office. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's the kind of person we need in this country, I believe. And thinking about the fact that she studied at the same place I'm attending at the mm-hmm. moment and what she has done and the level to which she's taken the idea of democracy and openness mm-hmm. is one that I really look up to and really respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Duncan, uh, we had, uh, well, Gareth had Tuli Madusela um, on uh, Gareth Cliff, didn't you? Uh, we did uh, some time ago, and uh, it was brilliant. Was it? Did you it also br- find her to be a person who takes you to the next cutting edge, Duncan? Uh, definitely, because mm-hmm. uh, when she speaks, Professor, she's so calm. You can't help but want to listen yes. what she, to what yes. she has to say. Yes. She, in fact, that's very well put, is that uh, when you do listen to her, there is this incredible... Uh, Almost aura about the lady, uh, just this calmness and this, uh, wisdom flowing from her mouth at the same time. What is it like, Genevieve, actually being a student now at Wits University? Uh, do you find, for example, that the lecturers in general have, uh, attentive ears to your questions, or do you find their minds are more focused on the research aspects? Um, I mean, we've had a multitude of lecturers, and uh, some of them have been more concerned with their own academic fields and um, their personal acclaim. But for the most part, especially this year, I think we've had some really great lecturers in the law faculty and the international relations faculty. Yes. Um, They're very well-educated, of course, and they also communicate their knowledge to us particularly well, Mm -hmm. which is obviously something that we really need. And it helps you, it helps inspire more students to actually go into academia and into research Mm -hmm. because obviously it, it creates a new stigma for lecturers that they aren't just stiff upper lip people who can't be approached. We have very open lectures, open to questions, Mm -hmm. open to discourse, and Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed it for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it was Plutarch, I believe, who said that the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lit. And I always like to gauge the success at a university by how many candles our lecturers are actually igniting or lighting of their mindsets. What are your thoughts with uh, the the wonderful comment by Plutarch, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lit? Oh, I think it's beautiful. And I think a clear example of it is being at the university. Mm-hmm. You see how... Um, A lot of the time at school and at different levels of education, they teach you to remember, whether it be through rote learning or part fashion learning, however you choose to study. But at a university level, it it sparks an interest. Mm -hmm. And the the amazing thing about being at a tertiary level of education is that there's so many different things you can study and there's so many ideas and avenues open to you mm. that once a spark has been lit, mm. there are different avenues that you can explore, different mm. subjects and courses you can go into. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for me, Edwards, it's 
that saying has been particularly mm-hmm. pertinent because I've gone through a variety of courses just mm-hmm. exploring what I enjoy, what's been sparked, yes. uh, what sparked my interest mm-hmm. by very endearing and enthusiastic lecturers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you had any desire? Clearly, I believe the answer is no. But have you had any desire to want to, say, study at Harvard or Princeton or Cambridge or Oxford? Or from what you are telling me, you are just feeling at one at home with Wits. And this is your ground of being nurtured in. Am I correct? Yes, it's it's somewhere I've always wanted to study. And um, like I said, I can't really go and compare it to other mm. universities. I haven't been to others, mm. but it's somewhere I've always wanted to go to. Mm. And I feel very privileged that I can actually attend the university. And mm. for the most part, for my undergraduate degree, it's the place to be. Mm. But perhaps if Oxford or Harvard were to call for postgraduate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm That's not a story. big enough a person to say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to introduce us to our first song. We're going to, I've asked Genevieve to bring with a couple of songs on the special youth day. And she's going to introduce her favorite, one of her favorites, which we'll then play you. Okay. This is a song called Jungle by Ex Ambassadors and Jamie N. Commons. Okay. So this is a very interesting piece, Genevieve, Into the Jungle. Uh, Tell me something about the lyrics, about the words, what it is that appeals to you emotionally uh, into the jungle. Is this referring to a city being a jungle? Um, It's a song I really love. I happen to hear it on iTunes once or twice. And um, it's what strikes me is that it's, uh, especially the music video, it shows you... uh, Life in really in hard areas, and mm-hmm. it it takes you back. It reflects on things like slave trade in America mm-hmm. and the civil rights movement, especially. It talks about how the actual streets on which people live that that is the real jungle of life mm-hmm. that you have to mm-hmm. you have to tackle every mm-hmm. single day. And mm-hmm. the music video goes from from churches to gang movements just outside the churches, mm-hmm. and um, it's something that I think. I think is actually quite powerful, especially in music today, something that's reflecting on history. Mm. And it's a song that I just adore. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little about the lyrics, because they just seem to be so interwoven, like as in a carpet. Tell us a little bit about the lyrics. Well, it's, it's quite a bluesy song. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's a new take on kind of blues and a bit of rock and, Mm -hmm. um, well, now, of course, lyrics kind of seem to elude me at this point, but the lyrics basically talk about the struggles in in your everyday that you that's m- good that you might mm. you might have an establishment mm. that you look to, but mm. in real life there are still mm. there are still challenges mm. outside of that that you've mm. got to kind of adapt your life to mm-hmm. and adapt what you know. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to what you're being uh, exposed to. You are listening to Professor David Block. Program is looking up with David Block, uh, looking towards our future, our leaders of tomorrow. And one of our leaders of tomorrow is Genevieve Savory. And it is just a joy to have you in studio with us today, Genevieve. Do remember that you can reach me, Professor Block, on 0861-555-189. And the WeChat ID, which is very popular, is Cliff Central. So on this Youth Day, of course, we've been... Um, Reflecting much, especially earlier b- before I came on live on, you know, the uprisings in Soweto 1976. I remember visiting some of the museums in that area and in fact, my beloved wife Liz taking me around the area where, you know, many were gunned down and shot and so forth, many youth. And, uh, those were very, very, very tough days. Uh, you know, I can't even begin to comprehend of a system whereby you had to learn, for example, in Afrikaans, and uh, very oppressive system it was. So, those were the challenges then, was to actually, you know, fight for one's freedom. Now, of course, in the uh, post-Mandela era, um, you know, this has been gloriously achieved, but... Uh, Thinking about today and taking a magnifying glass and focusing it on today's world, Duncan, there must be thoughts which come up in your mind uh, with regard to um, youth and youth day and, uh, you know, a question about that to pose to Genevieve. Uh, like you just said, Professor, uh, the youth of yesteryear yes. had their own struggles. They uh, had their own fighting struggles. For, it was so hard. Fighting for our freedom Absolutely. and freedom. Absolutely. But now uh, the struggle, I think, has changed. Yes. So what I want to put to Genevieve is uh, what yes. do you think are the more prominent uh, challenges that are facing our youth in today's age? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's shifted from more of a socio-political struggle to more of... Uh, other aspects that concern the social life of youth, especially life concern, concerning overcoming societal pressures that are put on children, mm. as especially young adults who just kind of know what you're supposed to do in life and you're supposed to look a certain way. And um, also the norms and standards that uh, youth are supposed to adhere to that, I mean, even at WITS, there are stigmas attached to youth studying arts. And mm-hmm. they, not taken seriously. Yes, exactly. Not being taken that seriously and not being seen as as important contributors to our society. That's tragic. Than, than those studying more commercial mm. degrees. Mm-hmm. And I think there are still, there are still uh, challenges surrounding education, but there are more societal norms that we're trying to shatter at this point in time. I know looking at the media, you see lots of media report and cov- coverage on Facebook and other mediums like that, about body standards. And those are things that y- the youth seem to mm-hmm. be sparked mm-hmm. by today. Mm-hmm. Professor, uh, to me, it still seems like uh, the struggle is still for freedom. Cause, uh, it's true. That is true, Duncan. I think that's a very poignant point. I mean, you know, Duncan, uh, I lectured to 300 students at Wits University in first year. And uh, one thing that always worries me, which... Uh, 
we'll, the three of us will chat about is this. Um, I mean, my students are so married to this, and I'm holding up a mobile device <laughs> in uh, the studio, that uh, they cannot exist without this. In fact, even while I'm lecturing, I've forbidden this now, I confiscate the phone, but even while I'm lecturing, people would be trying to just check their WhatsApp or their WeChat or what's the other ones? Their Instagram, <laughs> Professor. The, Instagram. the list is endless these days. Yeah. You know, I was speaking at the Santon Convention Center, and I needed to go into the gents. I was speaking to a 1,000 people. And so I went into the gents, and a phone rang. So this man answered his phone, and he was obviously asked how he was doing. And he said, oh, Joe, I'm doing fine. How about you? But then I looked towards my side, and he was almost wetting me. His aim <laughs> was 30 degrees or 40 degrees from where it should be. So clearly he was not doing well at all. They become detached, <laughs> Professor, these people. Well, they do. They do. They live in their own world. And, you know, you were talking about fighting for freedom. Uh, I have a huge battle on my hands at Wits to get people not to use us and wet me in the loo. And uh, in general, I believe... <laughs> <laughs> Duncan likes that one. Well, I like it now, but I didn't like getting wet. Uh, and especially the fact that that was 40 degrees. That's a lot, even for an applied mathematician. <laughs> but the point really is, is that Genevieve, uh, uh, there's an addiction, you know, to technology. Um, more and more students are stopping to read. Uh, books. They uh, are relying on surfing the web on Google. Huge amounts of plagiarism in our classes. We've got programs like Turn It In mm -hmm. to try and prevent this. Uh, when you turn it in, you find that 90% of the um, project is just stick and paste. Um, I believe this is a serious decline in our intellectual standard, both um, at our university, uh, but it's not restricted by any means to our university, in our culture, both in our culture, but also in the culture worldwide. And um, how do you as a 21-year-old suggest? I mean, how, I mean it, it, it's insurmountable, but there you are. You're going into a mall, and you see a husband and wife taking each other out for dinner, but they're both on their cell phones. So there's no communication. There's no eye-to-eye -eye contact. Um do you concur with me uh, that technology, addiction to technology, is really a cancer of our age and, in fact, could lead to a very serious decline in, uh, in, the, uh, thought, in your thought process and in my thought process? Oh, I agree completely. And that was actually something I wanted to bring up as well. The, the problem that youth also face today is the trouble they have communicating face-to-face -face mm -hmm. because you're always so busy behind a screen mm -hmm. and being able to guard yourself against mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. from a, by a screen or a tablet or a laptop, mm -hmm. so much so that you lose such a vital life skill. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also contributing terribly to our literacy levels. Absolutely. Because with mm -hmm. the new age of smartphones and, mm -hmm. I mean, all the Apple products that have their predictive texting and stuff, mm -hmm. It prevents children from actually Thinking. knowing how to spell mm -hmm. spell simple English words. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, it's supposed to be an aid to you to communicate, but mm-hmm. it's actually hindering communication mm-hmm. in the long run. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people say your age, let's focus on your age for now. Why do you pe- think that the youth, um, so many multitudes of youth, um, want to screen themselves, to use your word, or to screen themselves from the challenges of life? Is it a fear of one-on-one communication, or is it a fear of silence? My question to Genevieve on Youth Day is, why the addiction? I think it's it's not so much a fear, but I think it's an adaptation as a result of social media and technology becoming such an everyday part of our lives. I think we were never scared of these things before. Mm-hmm. Well, even if we were, we had no choice but to tackle them, mm-hmm. but to communicate face-to-face, one-on-one. But now with the advent of a whole technology boom, mm. I think we're now using it as a crutch, and it's becoming an, almost an evolutionary step of ours mm. that it's a phone and a person. They're one and the same. They're pretty much an attachment of each other. Mm. And I think if it was never like this before. If you talk to Mm-mm. my parents or Mm-mm. people older than me, they're not as mm. attached to social media mm. and technology as I am. I mean, people, mm. everyone my age is guilty mm. of it, including myself. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's almost a crutch because we've got very lazy. Yes, I believe that's very true. We've got very lazy. In all honesty, we have got very lazy because Mm. I can't remember the last time I went to a library and took out a book, but Mm. that was all I used to do as a child. Mm. Whereas Mm. I could just, I could just Google things, download Mm -hmm. a PDF instead of going into a library, looking up a journal that Mm -hmm. I need to read. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just stimulating the laziness in our generation, mm-hmm. I think. I agree with you. I mean, I think laziness is first and foremost. Uh, but are people also uh, afraid of silence? Why I ask you this, Genevieve, is you go into a mall, there's music playing. You walk into an aircraft, there's music playing. Uh, wherever I go, uh, there's always some stimuli taking place, Um, whereas when I walk into my home, uh, into my study, it's quiet, very quiet. So uh, what is it? Do you think that, you know, I mean, when I was a student, I loved silence. I loved to think in silence, Uh, but that's changed with my students. And my question to you is, I'm trying to find some insight why. I think it's because life has got so busy. I mean, even at this age, when all we have to do is study and perhaps hold down a a temporary job or two. Mm -hmm. Life has got so busy with transport needs and just the hustle and bustle of life has left us completely cluttered Mm -hmm. so that when you go into a mall or into an airport, Mm -hmm. this kind of noise pollution isn't even unusual to us. It's expected, whereas the silence, on the other hand, you look for the solitude and sanctuary of home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it's quiet and you can think to yourself, whereas when you're on the road, when you're busy with your job or mm-hmm. busy with your students, mm-hmm. you're expecting there to be mm-hmm. noise because you're so busy and it doesn't leave you time to think about all the other things you have to do in your life. So I would like each listener just to Google, and Duncan's going to do this too, um, we're going to Google The Thinker by Rodin which is, of course, R-O-D-I-N, The Thinker. So just if you're listening to me, just go onto your little machine or your phone, whatever technology you love and adore, 
and just Google The Thinker by Rodin. Uh, R-O-D-I-N. R-O-D-I-N. Um, I'm giving, of course, the French pronunciation, but Rodin. So if we go to Wiki, for example, we'll have an image of The Thinker, and I urge you to click on it as we are doing here in studio, and I want to describe it to you. Uh, there we go. So we see this man, and uh, what's he doing, Duncan? He's doing what most men don't do these days. He's just sitting on a rock, his hand on his chin, he's looking down, mm-hmm. and he's just simply thinking, Professor. That's beautiful. You see, Duncan should be a professor. I mean, he's <laughs> just a, but that's right. There's a man, he's sitting on a rock. He's got no television. I don't see a Blackberry. don't see an iPad. And somehow, this man is just thinking. And I think he could be having the time of his life, Professor. Well, wow, 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 wow. Of course, of course, of course he could be having the time of his life. Now, my question is, I'm going to pose this to Duncan first of all and then to Genevieve. Duncan, when last have you seen someone like this in your lounge? Well, I see them in the latrine sitting like that in, yeah. the, in the toilet. Yeah, but, let, let, but let's <laughs> not go down that road. Um, you know, I realize you see them on the loo. Well, you shouldn't actually be looking unless you've got cameras. But um, the point is, I know. I mean, but I mean, the question seriously is, when have we last seen a? When have you last seen a person in your home? Just doing that, thinking in silence. Uh, not for a very long time, Professor, but okay. I'll tell you that okay. pose that you're looking yes. has somewhat evolved in our time. Yes. What you'd find, our modern day thinker would yes. be someone staring down, looking at a cell phone. Yeah, I know. Sitting on I a know. chair, maybe. I know. I know. And I think that that's very sad because, uh, in my discipline of applied mathematics and astronomy, uh, there's such a vital need for me to think about my purpose in life, about, you know, perhaps many of the shows I give are deep, uh, philosophically perhaps a little deeper than other shows because I like to be silent, I like to think, I like to ponder, I like to think of choice words to use before I go on air, I like to think. What? When last have you seen this pose, Genevieve? I mean, like Duncan said, it's hard to have seen it without it being evolved. I mean, it's very hard to see someone thinking without Mm -hmm. a TV on or Mm -hmm. music playing in the background. I mean, Mm -hmm. even in gym classes and meditations and all of that, there's almost Mm -hmm. always no quiet, but music playing in the background that's meant Mm -hmm. to calm you. Mm -hmm. But it's actually very true that we haven't seen things like the thinker Mm -hmm. in a very long time, but mm. I think what's so... Have you ever seen that in your home or in at somebody else's home? Well, in my own home, because we do enjoy our quiet time and mm-hmm. um, enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. Perhaps my brother would do a bit of meditation or we'd pray together as mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. So it's not completely non-existent in my own home. Mm-hmm. But I think something that's so pertinent about that statue and the mm. reason why it's still famous today, I mean, mm. I'm by no means anyone mm. of... An artistic nature, but even I recognize that statue, and it shows you mm. that thought process, thinking, and just inward reflection mm. is still something that's so important today, mm. if it's still so famous throughout mm. centuries. Mm. Well, I speak to people around the world. I've asked thousands upon thousands of people, 
when last have you seen this? And most people say to me, Professor, I've never really entered my lounge and seen someone with their hands like that just simply thinking. And that is very sad. It means we, you know, my question to our listeners is, have we failed? Have we stopped? Have we committed intellectual suicide? That's really my question. Have we actually committed intellectual suicide? And uh, one of the reasons I look forward to this broadcast so much each week is because I have Duncan with me. Uh, I think that his questions are absolutely uh, first rate and I have never worked and remember, I've been in this game for over 30 years, but I've never worked with someone who really asks me such poignant questions as Duncan does live next to my side. Um, and I want to salute him for his insight and uh, just the way he asks these questions. They are remarkable. And I say that with more than 30 years of broadcasting under my belt. Um Thank you, Professor. <laughs> you are more than welcome, Duncan. Now, Normac asks a very interesting question. Uh, welcome to you, Normac. And uh, Normac says, does this beautiful lady want my number? Well, <laughs> at least at least uh, you're thinking, you see. Normac is thinking and uh, romance is in Normac's in the air. So I think that uh, Normac... That shows that you, the, it shows that you are youth. Um, clearly the hormones are raging at an all time high. I could describe them mathematically to you, but I won't give you the mathematical equations thereof. But they sort of what we'd call a heavy side function from zero to a maximum within a split second. So, uh, Normac, uh, that's just great. Now, oh, Inappropriate's with us. Welcome, Inappropriate. No broadcast is the same. No live stream is the same without Inappropriate. Greetings, Professor. Well, I say greetings, Inappropriate. Ah, he says, I'm reading now. Great conversation as always. But tell me, Prof, is it still relevant that we remember and celebrate days like these. Do you think they hold us back in a way, remembering the sad past? Well, I'd like to uh, answer that question as follows, and then we can get input from Genevieve as well. I'd like to say that, yes, of course, I mean, the Soweto uprisings were just so sad on the one hand, uh, the brutality was unbelievable by the police and others and the secret police. Unimaginable brutality, but they had a dream. And that's the relevance of Youth Day, is that they had a dream and they lived that dream out. Listen to Martin Luther King. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. Hmm. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, 
sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. Mm. My four little children yep. Yep. will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm. I have a dream today. And there we have the uh, immortal... Uh, Martin Luther King's words, I have a dream where my four, the future of my four little children will not be determined by the color of my skin, but by the content of their character. Mm. I have a dream. And so the Soweto youth in 1976 had a dream. They had a dream to be free, to be taught in their mother tongue. They had a dream. And this is the relevance, inappropriate, of Youth Day in 2015, is that I have a dream today. You have a dream. Uh, Genevieve has a dream. Duncan has a dream. Every one of us, each one of us has a dream. And uh, we're going to take a 30-second ad break. And just after that 30-second ad break, we are going to continue with Professor David Block looking up. Get a taste of the Republic of Extra Cold at the Embassy event on the 27th of June at Nasrick, Johannesburg. This epic event will raise the flag for extraordinary experiences with Boys and Bucks, Casper Nyovest, and many more. With only 4,000 tickets on offer, get yours now for only 200 rand at CompuTicket or visit castlelight.co.za for more information on the coolest event this winter. Unlock Extra Cold Refreshment. Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. So, Martin Luther King, on this youth day, I have a dream. I've given you my input as to how I see the relevance of, you know, yes, the exceptional sadness, but then taking that to the step of inspiration. I have a dream. But let's ask Genevieve Savory. For her input as to what inappropriate has asked us, what relevance does uh, Soweto 1976 have for you today? I think probably more than any, Youth Day has the most value for me as a public holiday Mm -hmm. in our country, simply because it reminds us that looking back at what the students did in 1976, it reminds us that there continuously needs to be discourse around our education. Mm -hmm. It's not a concept of don't fix something that isn't broken, but Mm -hmm. rather what is the pinnacle to which we can take our Mm -hmm. education system? Mm -hmm. And also reminding us of the fact that young people do have agency, Mm. although you might not be of the age to vote just yet as Mm -hmm. school-going students, Mm -hmm. you still have the agency Mm. to dictate the terms by which you would like to be educated. Mm. And I think it's so important nowadays that we really shouldn't do away with 
remembering Youth Day because there are always problems in our education system. Mm. Nowadays, it might not be so much about the content mm. or the language that it's being taught in, mm. but it's more about the conditions under which they're being taught. For example, in the new millennium, mm. you still have South African children learning under under trees right. without desks. Right. And the problems we have nowadays are multifaceted. And mm. I think at this point, it's the last time at which we mm. should ever be forgetting this mm. holiday. You know, I had a very interesting discussion, Duncan, with Genevieve en route to the studio. And, uh, you know, I mean, the last couple of days, Duncan, have been rather cold, as you know, and I couldn't wait to get under the covers, as it were. And uh, Genevieve was saying to me that, uh, you know, her uh, her mother, and is it your brother? Yeah. You know, have been going out of evenings in the twilight hours uh, to find homeless people. And to offer them a bowl of soup, hot soup. They have a whole, um, hmm. whatever you call it, of soup in the back. What do you call it? Not a bowl of soup. but A, a river whole, of soup. A river of soup, <laughs> Duncan. I love no, I that. Think. See, <laughs> Duncan comes up with all these innovative ideas. A whole river of soup. I think I'm going to go also and stand uh, one day, Duncan, and uh, <laughs> just put on my worst clothes and paint myself... <laughs> Strange colors, and um, I might get a bowl of soup, Duncan, because mm. I adore soup. I love soup. But the key point is that they're doing something very constructive. They go out, they find people uh, shivering under perhaps bridges or whatever, and uh, they don't have blankets, so they hand out blankets. They don't have soup, so they give them soup. Tell us how that idea evolved. Uh, well, it's... It's come about as a family idea over the years. Wonderful. It's Tell me how it evolved. <laughs> I have a dream. <laughs> well, we've always been a very caring family that's very, very tight-knit. And mm-hmm. it's something we always like doing is that mm-hmm. whenever we have good fortune or sur- surplus, mm-hmm. I, we don't believe that we should be selfish with that. We believe right. that every bit of surplus we have can mm-hmm. be used and all the tools that we have can be used to give to those who don't have. Because, I mean, by what circumstance in the universe is it that we happen to have all these things Mm -hmm. and other people don't? Mm -hmm. And we have the means by which to do this. And for my brother's birthday this year and for his birthday last year, we asked his friends to bring blankets and toys in addition to any gifts that they would want to bring. Mm -hmm. And we've been distributing these blankets. And it's just, it's the notion of... Just the idea that we get to enjoy the spoils of a democracy and we have all these opportunities and it's not the fault of other people that they don't have these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to think of people in our country, people in our midst, people on the streets that we live mm-hmm. are in the cold and mm-hmm. just a kilometer away. We're mm-hmm. warm under electric blankets mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. plenty of food in the fridge for the mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something we felt very strongly about that mm-hmm. we needed to at least contribute to, mm-hmm. to the city and do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It's just the most, Enterprising of ideas, isn't it, Duncan? I mean, I think to go out there and start driving in the twilight hours, finding homeless people who are shivering, uh, who don't know where the next bowl of soup will come from, 
to think that there are people like the Savory family who do go out and do this is really almost an exemplification of Martin Luther King's I Have a Desire, I Have a Dream. Definitely, Professor. I think the world has enough businessmen, enough uh, programmers, enough rich people. What we need more of is the Savory family, Professor. I believe what we need much more of is the Savory family, yes. And especially in terms of unselfish living and unselfish giving. Mm. Now, uh, Genevieve, I'm very interested, of course, in the education system uh, in South Africa. Um You know, uh, when I did go through the educational system many years ago, uh, you know, there were certain things one wanted changed. But uh, now, for example, we face very serious problems where matric marks are doctored and so forth, uh, where teachers like sitting in the sun. You touched on laziness earlier. uh, And I'm aware, as I travel to certain schools, uh, teachers love sitting in the sun, not all of them by any means, um, uh, but, but uh, nevertheless there are some who do, and uh, many of us know that the educational system is not what it should be by any means, and I, as a professor at WITS, can testify to this firsthand. Um, have you noticed this, Genevieve, and any ideas or thoughts you might have as to how to rectify this? Yes, I have noticed it, and the thing I've found is that we need a lot more desire from teachers to go into locations and go into Mm -hmm. rural areas because Mm -hmm. there's a substantial lack of them Mm -hmm. in areas where there are a multitude of children who need the structure Mm -hmm. and need the guidance of some sound education. Mm -hmm. And also the thing I found is that because South Africa is one of the the strongest economies and kind of the metropolitan of the continent. Mm. We feel the need to spread out into Africa mm-hmm. and help other African mm-hmm. students and other African people, which is great. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm very, I'm very much for that, but we also need to consider the fact that we need to help our fellow students first. Right. An example of that would be when I was in high school, uh, when we were in matric, an initiative we had was to collect for Youth Day, mm-hmm. was to collect stationary, um, stationary packs, school books, mm-hmm. and necessities that were needed by school students, mm-hmm. and we sent them into South Sudan, into a sister school. Wow. While this is amazing, mm-hmm. we do forget that there are other students in our midst, in our areas, in South Africa, that require the same basic necessities. Mm. And I think we need to solve problems within the country just as much as we need to tackle those on a continental level. And I think the problem is that we're very misguided by our education system because we read what we want to. For example, I've recently seen a study that was done in, I think, 2011. Yes. Where it showed the top schools in Africa. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some South African schools made up majority of that list. Mm-hmm. But you find that the schools that make up that list are either govern- big government schools mm-hmm. in northern suburbs or their private schools. Mm-hmm. And in the same instance, there's another global study mm-hmm. of about 170-odd countries mm. um, at the level of education and literacy levels of students, mm. and South Africa sits about second last on mm. that list. Mm. And I think we're very misguided. We, t- we take the information from one in mm. order to ignore the information from another. Mm. And I think we severely need to tackle... Just the reality of our education system. Mm. We need to level it out to the point where all students are receiving a similar level. And that starts with 
kind of supplementing the lack of resources we have. It does, but of course there's also the point that uh, there's just the point of laziness. I see it on the part of students, I see it on the parts of part of the education system is that there's a apathy, there's a laziness. I often watch uh, how people are sitting up when they're interviewed on television. And Duncan, some of them, the inclination of their spinal column to the vertical is more like <laughs> this. Um, you know, th- 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 they're really not looking up. Um, neither is their bottom. Um, so the point is that there's so much to be desired. But uh, Duncan has put up a nice quote here from um, Jacques Fresco. The minute you hear freedom or democracy, watch out, because in a truly free nation, no one has to tell you that you are free. That is interesting. The moment you live in a truly free nation, no one has to tell you that you are free. You are listening to Professor David Block. People are reaching me on WeChat. Cliff Central is the favorite feed. I'd love to hear from a few more people before we close. Well, today is Youth Day. Professor David Block is looking up with Genevieve uh, Savory. We've been looking at education and so forth. But uh, I'd like to just let her introduce us to her next favorite song, just to tell us why, and then we shall play it. Okay, the next song is one of my favorites. Most people should know it. Recently, it's called I See Fire by Ed Sheeran, and it's taken off the Hobbit soundtrack. This is just taking me back to the days when I actually used to go to a library very frequently Mm. and take out Tolkien's books. And Mm. if you listen to the words, it's the entire story of the desolation of Smog, Mm. and I just love Mm. it. And should the sky be filled with fire and smoke keep watching over during suns if this is to end in fire then we should all burn Watch the flames climb high into the night Calling our Father, oh, stand by and we will Watch the flames burn over and over the mountainside And if we should die tonight We should all die Raise a glass of wine for the last time. Calling out, Father, oh, prepare as we will watch the flames burn over and on the mountainside. Desolation comes upon the sky. Now I see fire. I have the singular joy today, Professor David Block, of interviewing Genevieve Savory on cliffcentral.com. And we've just been reminiscing about so much with regard to the youth uh, and with regard to Youth Day. But I'd like to leave, uh, you know, you with a little jewel, a little gem. And uh, you know, we've discussed the relevance of Youth Day and but there's more, and I'd like 
uh, Genevieve in her own inimitable way, just to sort of highlight some of the key areas that she believes can be unwoven and developed in the river of fire on this Youth Day, Genevieve. I think this Youth Day, we've been talking about the growth of technology and our attachment to social media. And I think on Youth Day this year, and maybe Youth Days to come, I think we need to just bring it down, back back to basics, back, mm-hmm. to, back to a ground level, and simplify the way we look at Youth Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, as opposed to young people taking it as another day off school, mm-hmm. actually, and stop and think about it instead of just posting a picture of Hector Peterson on Instagram mm-hmm. and sitting in and watching movies or going out with friends, actually actually mm-hmm. go out and realize why we actually have this public holiday. It's not just a school holiday. It's there. It's an existence mm-hmm. because people lost their lives mm-hmm. for something that they felt really strongly about and something they wanted to change the course of in South Africa's future. And I think... There are many ways that children and young adults could do that mm. this year and in the years to come, mm. whether it be by sitting down and actually talking to their parents and grandparents, thinking about that's good. I like they, that, don't you, Duncan? What they actually sitting had to down. go through. Don't you think so? We need Brilliant. to talk. Yeah. Because mm. I mean, I've done that with my dad on many occasions, and you realize that every family that grew up in South Africa is a microcosm of what South Africa it's went true. through, regardless mm-hmm. of race. It's, it's from true. different points of Absolutely. view. And just sit down and actually learn about why we have this as a public holiday as opposed to sitting, looking at a laptop, watching series mm-hmm. the whole day on a mm-hmm. cold winter day, mm-hmm. or even go out and stimulate the minds of future leaders. Mm-hmm. Go and read books at an underprivileged school or actually mm-hmm. give out your old stationery to children who need it that would supplement mm-hmm. their education mm-hmm. and try and do things of value on a day that is actually so full mm-hmm. of value. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a beautiful thought to end off with is that we need to apply our minds. We need to think of how to take the values uh, embraced and uh, almost concretized in the actions of uh, Hector Peterson and others and embody them today. I think that's the reason I come into studio every week is that uh, my passion in life is to look up, to have multitudes of different people, astronomers and CEOs and leading thinkers abroad to give us unique insights into the world of having dreams but then also taking that step of going outside uh, and enacting those dreams. And as I see the sun shining today, I am sure that, uh, I'm not uh, 100% sure, but I believe the weather was quite clear that day when they were you know, mowed down, the, the youth were mowed down. So, And yet, here is my final closing thoughts. Dreams can never die. Listen to me. Martin Luther King said, hatred paralyzes life, love releases it. Martin Luther King said, hatred confuses life, love harmonizes it. Martin Luther King said, hatred darkens life, love illuminates it. This is Professor David Block signing out. God bless.
Can everybody shout hey yo to Mrs. Couch Potato? She's in her own world in the state of San Diego. Jobs in 980, her wage of mine is way low. Pop's little girl, but he ain't too proud to say it on ice. Cliffcentral.com